morning, good afternoon, good evening, good night. I'm just quoting the Truman Show now. <laughs> Hello, <laughs> and welcome to the More Than Muscle podcast. Uh, I'm your host, Max, and joined, as ever, Andy and Nat. How are we doing, guys? Very good. Yeah? Comedy Very good. I'm still here, seven eps in, or eight, what is no, this? No, this is episode eight. Jesus. No, this is episode eight. Love that. Nice. There we go. Good job someone's taking account. Someone's, someone's keeping track, exactly. I just, I do the briefings. What, what does Andy do in this podcast again? Oh, I don't know. He just turns up. <laughs> Eats the cake. Yeah, bang on. Eats some cake. Exactly. <laughs> they didn't call you Natmin for nothing. <laughs> That's going to be a mediation topic soon, mate. Ba-boom. <laughs> This week we're going to be tackling the subject of transgender participation in sport, uh, where Olympic committees stand on it, uh, professional sporting leagues and where it stands both ethically and in terms of performance, whether there's an advantage and we're just going to unpack all of that. Um, so I mean we can start by chatting a little bit about um, obviously uh, Laurel Hubbard was mm. the sort of uh, big news which I think has really cast us into the spotlight recently, the, I think it's New Zealand a powerlifter um, transgender woman obviously transitioning um, from a man into a woman and I think she got three no lifts at the Tokyo Olympics so I mean if anything that's probably an indication that you know obviously it may be an advantage but it doesn't by no means guarantee you the win mm-hmm. but yeah. I mean uh, what, what did you guys think about that when you guys saw that in the news? Yeah I actually watched that as well mm. I was watching it live when it happened and uh, I, don't, I don't know it just I I felt so I actually felt really bad for her because like yeah I I get it everyone needs to compete if they want to mm-hmm. like they should all have a a chance if she if they want to um but I don't know what it would have meant for that sport if she did if she did win yeah um We'd be talking about it very, very differently if she did end up winning a gold. Oh, I, I, think, I know. Yeah, be a, I know. Be uproar, I, I think, think yeah. that there was three other sports as well within that Olympics, which had transgender in. Yes. Um, but I feel like this one was really like the forefront of all the stories. Mm. I think it was because one of the main genetic advantages or differences between men and women is obviously the muscle strength. mass. Yeah. Exactly. Just raw strength. So it's yeah. less of a. I mean, obviously, there is there's a great deal of, of skill in weightlifting, but it's it's a lot of it is strength dependent. So mm. I think that's why the mm. weightlifting got a lot more attention than mm. potentially the other sports. I think we'll find out the true extent of it if they continue with it, because you don't know on the psychological aspect of it. She might have been so nervous because there was such a spotlight yeah. on her. I'm Absolutely. not actually sure how long ago she made the change. Mm-hmm. So like, there's all the technical aspects that she would have to become ac- accustomed to, you know, yeah. being bigger, heavier, potentially taller. I don't know, mm-hmm. but like, there's all of that stuff away from like, you know, being stronger, faster, and all that stuff that we're talking about with male, you know. Yeah, it's like a huge hormonal shift as well. Yes, of course. But I think yeah, if there was more events going on, you might start seeing a trend. It's hard to say. She failed three lifts. Mm-hmm. Why? Maybe she was crap. Maybe she was nervous. Maybe she was, don't know. Like, there's so many factors that go into play that it's not just about that. Of course. And then uh, Nat, you talking about the hormonal shift as well. Obviously, then that factors into their mental state, their mental condition as well. Because mm. obviously, it's 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 all cognitive function. Um, so I don't know whether that mm. also then factors into yeah. it. If you've got to be laser focused. Um, yeah. That's really tricky. Um, it's it's quite interesting. So looking at a, a, a little bit of the stat side of things. 
Um, so to actually compete, trans women have to have a testosterone level below 10 nanomoles per litre. Um, but even that is significantly above the standard testosterone level for mm. women. Mm-hmm. So they, they, they've got an allowance cap. But even then, if That's you right. do bring yourself below that point, you still uh, roughly triple the average woman's testosterone levels, mm. which is obviously a bit of a question mark. Should it be even lower? But then obviously you then get into the slightly dangerous side. If you try and lower it that much, could you be potentially harming that person's yeah. Yeah. biological makeup? Well, I think it also comes down to the, the sport as well. Like, all right, she was in Olympic weightlifting sport. So the, a lot of that is to do with strength and power. But as we know, like there's such a technical aspect to Olympic weightlifting and because it seems like Olympic weightlifting is one of like the signature, you know, with track and field and stuff mm. events, there was probably a lot of light on her. Cameras were on her face. Mm. So a lot you, of pressure. I, I don't mm. know if that pressure played a part, but it's like I think the sport and testosterone levels would have more of an emphasis dictated by which one you're you're doing. Mm. So it's not. I don't think it'll be the be all and end all, but there'll definitely be an advantage there. Yeah. Who knows? It, it wasn't an advantage this time around, so it shows no. you it's not the only predictor or precursor. No, exactly. I mean, and testosterone isn't the only marker of strength, power, no. muscle mass. Exactly. Like there are so many other factors at play, um, which I which I think come into it. Um, it's interesting looking at. So there there have been some studies looking at performance of trans women mm. in that case. So a recent Guardian article came out and said trans women do retain uh, strength, physique, and stamina gains over cisgender women. Um, but then there's also another study which interestingly showed there was still an advantage of 12% in a 1.5 mile run versus cisgender versus people who've uh, um, transitioned and also had the um, testosterone treatment. Um, but there was no difference in push-ups or sit-ups when they did the same challenge. It was only There was only a difference between the two in the 1.5 mile run, which I thought was quite interesting. I think the study was comprised of 30 people and it was hormone treatment of two years. Mm. So obviously it was quite far down the line, mm. but they still retain that advantage even after all that time, which I think is you know part of the reason why well female athletes at least are up in, up in arms, uh, or I should say cisgender athletes mm. up in arms, obviously because you know if you're working your entire life and you feel mm. almost cheated or robbed of something, yeah, um, in that case, which I think it, it's a valid feeling, obviously, but you know you have counter arguments for everything. I don't know where you guys yeah, sort I of, mean. Uh, Take on that. The biggest counter argument in athletics and the Olympics is the amount of drugged athletes anyway mm. that goes under the radar until after and it's like it's just another excuse in the cog of all the excuses that are already out there. But who knows, maybe there is an advantage. I, I think it's so early in the day it's hard for us to say there is. My initial reaction was always, well, she's gonna be stronger, so she shouldn't be there. Mm-hmm. That was my initial knee-jerk reaction. But yeah. the more and more you read into it, it's like, like even what you were saying, it's like, well, what if you're transgendering the other way around? Yeah. We were speaking mm. off cam. Precisely. Like, what happens then? And then you'll start to see like maybe the level of how many are going one way versus the other way. Mm. And is it being done because the country or the committee want to make an advantage? They see that, you know, turning from... Um, male to female is more advantageous so we will do that to win yeah. like I think it's so early in the day we can't see what the real emphasis is but mm-hmm. well, I, I also think like coming back to I think what you said Andy about there's so many more factors that come into um, 
that come into your training mm. and your performance other than just your testosterone mm-hmm. and it's like how our bodies are built as well so if somebody is taking the hormonal um i don't know what they do i don't know tablets <laughs> or, i'm not too sure um to change their hormones then are they also looking at like hip structure for instance mm-hmm. like that's different between male and female um limbs like your torso that kind of stuff like yeah it like everything is different it's not just hormones yeah um, yeah i mean i know just from like you know i have a certain strength level that i know sometimes is way above some of the weightlifters not in the elite level but in comparison recreationally but they will weightlift heavier than i do because they're technically better mm-hmm. they got more mobility to have more confidence, the skills there, all of that stuff. And it's like, all right, I might have an advantage over them because I'm stronger, but I can't express it. Yeah. So the same goes over there at the elite yeah. level. It's not the be all and end all, but it is definitely an advantage. It's interesting you're talking about, um, obviously, uh, uh, women transitioning to men and then competing in, in that league. Obviously, it would be typically seen as there isn't the advantage because there's not the same um, respiratory and, and muscle mass retained obviously in that case but then there could be some other advantages mm. I don't know whether then it becomes dependent on the sport obviously because if you look at something like gymnastics where flexibility is exactly. such a focal point obviously mm. women naturally have a, have a slight advantage in that area so would would you then have an uproar about a, a transgender man competing mm. in uh, gymnastics and then a transgender woman competing in yeah. weightlifting it's mm. almost like you, you can't have like a one size fits but, all because yeah, there's no. always going to be a slight advantage you'd almost one need way. like if you're going to go in that way you'd almost need like four categories yeah, yeah. and like you know like, you would need like male female transgender male transgender female that, yes. that's like um exactly what i was getting at the sport would dictate the advantage as well not yeah. just the physiological capacity that someone has mm-hmm. but like also it's like from an ethical point of view i guess if you're looking at gymnastics it's like well how early are we going to start the transgender Mm. approach because mm-hmm. like gymnastics like finish their career when they're like 15 16 <laughs> well, so, like, what are you going to do it from birth like yeah w- when and then there's 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 the, the the troubling thing i think there was an interesting louis theroux documentary talking about um children transitioning uh young mm. young age so literally from the age of you know as young as uh six or seven starting yeah. to transition into the the opposite gender and that's quite interesting obviously you're talking about having a having a very young career span because mm. um, obviously we're talking about trans athletes in the professional sense so if they're going to retire really young obviously mm. they may need to start, start transitioning yeah, yeah. and and adjust at that point but then obviously there are a host of other complications because your body is still developing mm. naturally if you start messing about with your hormones at that point um, that could be really troublesome and it's like at what stage does we start talking about non-binary as well it's like then it gets even more complex it's like Mm. mm -hmm. but like um so laurel hubbard i think she's like 44 Mm. so she i don't know when did she ever compete as a male um i i don't know actually i i think i think she did what at elite level or just did some recreational no i think this is the first time she's been in the olympics interesting uh should check that because that's yeah. like, it would be weird if you had competed and won as a male and then you come and compete and win as a woman. Mm-hmm. Does that make it okay then? Because like, you've done it both sides of the coin. <laughs> You're basically the best. <laughs> well, I don't so I've completed it both times. Mm. Yeah, precisely. I mean, we're, we're, I think there'd be all sorts of 
problems you'd have around separating out leagues. Obviously, we're talking about, you know, do we have three leagues of just uh, trans men and women competing together or do we have four leagues of trans mm. men and women? But then you have the issue of funding and competition. Obviously, in, in terms of, if you take the, the weightlifting, for example, like there are only being one competitor who is trans, obviously, to make it a competition, like a, like something people actually invest in and care about, there's got to be that element of lots of people fighting it out. Mm. Yeah. How long does it take to change gender? Um, it depends on how quickly you, I was thinking, you go through your treatment. Because yeah. you, you, have, you have some um, estrogen. Um, <laughs> what I was thinking in my head is like, you, for example, you spend like six months to a year or even your quadrennial Olympic cycle of training as a male so you mm-hmm. can get maximal strength adaptations or whatever. And then, and then you quickly transition over as a female, whatever mm-hmm. that window is, and then you don't compete. It's, it's about like, six months. Yeah. So is it like, would there have to be rules if you're going to do it yeah, and then because... play in that category or compete in that category on when the transition needs to be made versus the training you do as well? I, I don't think, think it probably you... takes a while for your hormones to balance out, to change. Yeah, but it's not just about hormones, is it? Well, that hormones is to change no, gender. We're talking about it. But then at that point, you're questioning you have too much muscle mass. Like, are you going to then stop, for instance, a, a cisgender woman who's just incredibly jacked? You're just like, you've got too much muscle mass. That's unfair. It's, yeah, but it's it, not just it, muscle it mass, really... is it? It's neurological adaptation. It's yeah. force production that you're producing. Mm-hmm. And if you can if you can train at higher force productions and then change over, then do you still have that neurological efficiency even though you've changed? Yeah. That's what I'm trying to say. It's like, yeah. should there then be guidelines to the actual training year if you're going to do it ethically? It's like mm-hmm. performance-enhancing drugs. It's like you can't have these certain things in this window yeah. because it'll be I guess if it, if it became more of a thing then they would have to have more I don't know maybe That's they what I'm do saying. have like yeah. a current outline maybe they do but it's at such an early stage that mm. it's hard to say because it's not been it's not been like compared yeah to anything yet precisely and I think you need you need the funding obviously for separate leagues as well mm. and the audience to actually come in to make it you know worth being a professional sport yeah um but I think you know there comes the challenge and you know I think we're talking about it obviously in a professional standpoint I think we'd all agree I don't see any issue with any sort of participation in more recreational you know your, your, your local league stuff like that I, I really think it, all yeah. that is just purely participation and mm. that's what we should really be encouraging everyone to take part in yeah. it's purely at the professional level where you start to raise question marks where you've got you know the titles world records oh, yeah. where money's involved, um, exactly. money's involved. Well, yeah. yeah exactly like so much like that but like also um they're very much individual sports how complex does it get when you're competing in team sports yeah that's when it gets quite complex to quantify mm-hmm. i think um because then you've got like everything you've got a dressing room situations mm-hmm. you've got competing on the field situations and then you've got whether it's fair or not yeah and stuff like that so it gets quite complex yeah i think if you're if you're going into that situation and you're for instance, say you're a transgender uh, man and you're willing to join a men's, for instance, rugby team, for example, you must be comfortable enough to surely mm. participate in that in all aspects. Obviously, you know, you're talking about the change room situation and just walking around. Um, but yeah, I, I, but I know what yeah, you mean. It's, it's challenging. It's you before. might be, but is your team. Yeah. That's what I mean on the yeah, other side. Yeah, but of the I court. think it's good then that we have these conversations because mm. it's obviously going to become it's going to come it's coming. yeah it's mm. going to come more and more apparent as the years go on um so i think it's good that people i think also when you're uh, 
when your sexuality is known on top of that as well. Because mm-hmm. regardless of whether you're male or female, when you go into that environment, if your sexuality is known and that's not kind of perceived as accepted, mm-hmm. that's when there's an issue in that group. Maybe not society, because society might look at it differently. Yeah. But that's when it gets quite difficult, I think. Yeah, no, I, th- I think that's a separate issue entirely, yeah. obviously, when you, when you look at sexuality and those sort of aspects, you know, people can feel uncomfortable, like they're being watched yeah. and things like that. Exactly. But, um, but yeah, absolutely. Time for a game, lighten the mood, guys. So this week I thought we would do a recipe for disaster. So effectively I'm going to... Uh, say uh, potentially a, a client goal whatever it may be mm. and you're going to add a pinch of this a dash of that and it's a recipe for disaster so things you should <laughs> well, definitely not okay. be doing mm. if this is your goal okay, okay. right and we'll just keep going around until until we think we've got a, we've got either got a lovely recipe or we've run out of things yeah. to, to think I like, about I like so, it so I, th- I thought we would start off with a recipe for disaster to lose belly fat and I will start off with laxatives that's a recipe for disaster you're just going to shit yourself <laughs> okay I don't understand it you you do your one so what else would what? Uh, oh, and Nat that's a bit of a plot twist I so know Nat doesn't understand the game and Andy does <laughs> things things that would basically make the goal disastrous so obviously losing belly fat okay, fine. laxatives aren't a great shout because yeah. Yeah. aforementioned reason <laughs> what are you going to say herbal tea just herbal tea. Yeah, it's you know, I have herbal it's tea. It's quite nice. You don't have it to lose body fat, though, do you? You just have it because you like it. Yeah, he's got a fair point. To be <laughs> oh, fair, right. like it's it's not going to. It's one of those things I think that's perceived as. So if oh, I said like me. cake. Yeah, to be fair, that that, that is definitely not going to help. Okay, cake. Andy. For anyone wondering what that horrible rustling noise is, that's Andy chowing down on some double stuff Oreos. Brown glue. Yeah. Good job you don't want to lose any belly fat. <laughs> <laughs> what else would be disastrous? Um, uh, I'm going to say a tight lycra. Doesn't doesn't suck it in. You don't look any better. Spanks. <laughs> Spanks, yeah, exactly. Spandex. Do you go, my go? You'll go, mate. Yeah, um, if, you, if you finished your Oreo, that's... Corset. <laughs> it doesn't do anything for you. Does anyone still use that? Yeah, I know a few. Is that, is that still a thing? Um, <laughs> alcohol. Yeah, sesh, sesh, sesh. Um, I, I'm out. I'm out. Yeah, I could. I, I, I wasn't. I wasn't quick enough on the draw. Next one, guys. I thought we would do first workout back after lockdown. The so recipe for disaster there. So I'm gonna say, um, not not warming up. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna say Japanese drop sets. Oh no! Oh, I still, I've still got PTSD. But for anyone listening, Andy finds new training systems to experiment on me like a little guinea pig. And we did Japanese drop sets, and they were discussed. Uh, sitting down hurts. Um, yeah, on this very That's what comfy you know chair. it's bad when yeah. you're sitting down and hurts. Uh, one rep max testing. <laughs> no, you got to know where you are when you get back in yeah, the gym. You know where you are. Stop it. <laughs> Come test on. pre, test post. I yeah, give up with you. We're, we're all being very sarcastic. Um, yeah, what, what else would be disastrous? Uh, going for the for the same weight that you lifted before lockdown. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, uh, I made that horrible mistake. I couldn't like I, I was walking around. I I could only rot- I couldn't rotate my top half. I was moving all through my hips. Yeah. After lockdown, yeah. Yeah. Going back to the gym without a mask. 
Oh, I never trained in a mask. Yeah, I've never trained in a mask. And you got COVID. (laughs) 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 To be fair. (laughs) Yeah. Guess you can guess who guess who didn't get COVID. Sheesh! Oh, I don't know. It's the olive oil. Knock and we're out. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Come on that. You throw me on that one. (laughs) That's all good. Right, next one guys. I thought uh, recipe for disaster if you're trying to look cool in the gym. And I'm going to say bandanas. <laughs> Anyone that wears a bandana that walks into a gym, you look like a nut. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah, 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 I've yeah. got one as I've well. I've got one. Knee wraps. And elbow wraps. And straps. And weightlifting shoes. All at the same time. And then you do... Bicep curls. You get those people that have, wear weightlifting belts and they just yeah. like, they, they wear it all the whole all the time. Whole, all the, all Around the time. Tesco's, isn't it? It's like a yeah. corset. Yeah, exactly. That, exactly. We said those around. They're yeah. not out of fashion, are they? Yeah. <laughs> nah, what um, free course lamps. Nice, nice. Yeah, I, I don't really understand them. Yeah, like pick a lamp. Yeah, um, <laughs> pick a lamp. <laughs> you know what? Fun fact: these are actually three quarter lamps. Sure? Oh, However, because little... I'm so short, they're actually four lamp leggings. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm gonna say uh, any any top. Where you can see your nipples. I've got one. Hang out. Gymshark. Just anything Gymshark from Andy. Anything Gymshark. Well. Um, Sketches. (laughs) Mum life. Wait, wait. Let me see your phone. Where's your phone case? (laughs) (laughs) Um, What what, what else? Would you look like a proper proper dickhead? Um, (laughs) Man bun. Oh, oh says 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 the man that can't grow any. Sorry, um, actually, add on to that receding hairline. <laughs> <laughs> oh dearie me! I think we're going to knock this on the head before it gets nasty. Yeah, <laughs> on the old bald head. <laughs> Um, oh no! J- j- just, just like we'll move on from it. But I, I really don't get it when people wear, you know, where they wear hoodies, but their headphones over the hoodies. Yeah, yeah. So I just don't man. understand it. I'm just like, I always wear headphones, but I never have them switched on. Hmm. Is that like like plain logic of you? you just don't want people. I to actually don't like you? training like with weights. Yeah, no. With Cardio um, <laughs> <laughs> with music in my ears, I like just what? yeah. A couple episodes ago, a couple episodes ago, you said I can't train in silence. I can hit my no. Like if there's music in the gym, Mm. love that. Mm. But I can't train with actually music in my headphones. But then it's out out of your control what's being on 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 the playlist. Yeah, Yeah, I don't mind. You can't listen to the More Than Muscle podcast while while you're repping it out. (laughs) I do that on a walk. (laughs) But I um no, I just put them in my ears so that nobody will speak to me. Yeah, Brian. Smart move. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, next one. Recipe for disaster if you're training for an Ironman. And I'm going to say energy gels because they're mm. the worst. Just mm. They're just horrendous. I mean, I've had them before and it's let's just say it doesn't doesn't end well. Mm. Yeah. It's Train nasty going down and I'll let you finish that sentence. Anyway, <laughs> Andy. <laughs> uh, training for an Ironman recipe for disaster. Yeah would be forgetting to train your transitioning, which is bricking. I'll leave that for the expert. <laughs> forgetting to train your bricking. 
I mean, do you Rigid. want to explain it for the yeah. people that aren't experts? There you go. Basically, you lose. You had a pause. You made everyone, <laughs> every one of our listeners feel dumb. Yeah. So you uh, basically lose. <laughs> you basically lose a lot of time when you have to change through the events. Yeah. So if you get better at that, then you get quicker. Yep. Most people just focus on the events. Um, a flat tire. Mm. Yeah. Right, right. Uh, <laughs> or a spare one. And a spare tire. <laughs> <laughs> uh, not uh, va- Vaseline up. Not using PEDs. <laughs> Performance enhancing drugs. <laughs> <laughs> Again, one one for the listeners. Yeah. Allegedly. <laughs> Allegedly. Yeah. We'll keep that. We'll keep that. Exactly. <laughs> Shout out Lance Armstrong, my hero. <laughs> <laughs> now, have you got any more for us? Oh no! no. I'm not very good at this game. We're out. You're, you're so good at the games. Usually, that. You, oh no! You're really you throw me this week. Um, okay. A recipe for disaster when trying to figure out what diet works for you. Shoot, not trying to mold. Uh, yeah, <laughs> bang on, to be fair. That's that's an absolute shout, Nat. Um, <laughs> I don't understand what you mean. I mean, a recipe for disaster when you're trying to figure out what diet works for you. So, Andy said... Don't try them. Andy said try them all. Yeah, try them all. Well, try yeah, them all at once. That's a disaster. Try them all at once. Yeah. Get it? Oh dear. <laughs> Back to you go. That's not how the game works. That's not how the game works. <laughs> but I don't really understand it. So what what else would be disastrous if you're trying to figure out a diet? Like um uh I don't know, I could say trying 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 keto. Uh, oh, okay. Training. What, trying to copy somebody else's yeah, exactly. diet? Training. I mean, he set himself up, but I'm not going to go there. Eating like a celebrity. Oh, I know. I he know set what himself up, but I'm not going to go there. I was, I was honestly just waiting. <laughs> he set himself up again. I was again. waiting for it. I was like, surely one of them's going to say it. I'm, I, I keep opening Copying the Copying someone else's diet. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's those uh, classic... Yeah, that's what, what I just said. What was that What was that video you put up now on Instagram? It was the... Uh, what is it what I eat in a day and oh, then you're yeah. just like none of your business yeah <laughs> <laughs> what I eat in a day is none of your fucking business <laughs> so we've had our amazing fact checker and statistician extraordinaire sound, sound engineer Mr Tom has gone away and checked out Laurel Hubbard for us and uh, apparently she competed as a man until she was 21 uh, set some uh, some New Zealand junior records uh, what was it uh, a snatch of one thirty five and a cleaning jerk of one seventy, which is uh, pretty pretty beasty. Andy, why are, are you getting anywhere, anywhere close to that these days? Kinda. Yeah. I'm just going through my. No, I was going to ask if uh, if Andy fancy competing in the Olympics yeah, next yeah. <laughs> next couple of years. <laughs> anyway, I thought I would then I would then uh, like like to touch a little bit on the sporting events, prize money, things like that, and where we sort of stand because I think that. It's 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 a horrible thought, realistically, but it's been raised quite a few times of the amount of money that gets thrown around in sport. Mm. How at risk are we of events such as Wimbledon, where you've got thirty five million quid in prize money each year? Um, how at risk are you of getting people transitioning and then exploiting that for a, a win, a massive payout, and then obviously transitioning transitioning back even potentially? I think um, it's a high risk. I think mm. in all sport, the higher the money's becoming, the more you're going to see people going to the extreme to win because yeah. winning means so much. I mean, Newcastle just had a three hundred and thirty billion pound takeover go through yesterday. Ridiculous! That it's is ridiculous. sickening. Like, what even is that? Money? It's a hundred billion more than the other team that's like the the richest. Mm. 
it's incredible. That is that, that, that's insane. But yeah, I, I I completely agree with you. I think the more money that comes into it, the more you're going to see things like that. And I think it gives a really bad name to the transgender community. Obviously, thinking that oh, well, that's outrageous that people are doing that. But mm. th- th- those people aren't doing it for the right reasons. They're not doing it because they necessarily believe that they were born the wrong gender. It's obviously with a with a financial incentive. Yeah, and that's really tricky to get around. But then how you vet those people out versus people that have like a genuine belief that um yeah yeah, they want to say that and also where they're sourcing these people from because like some people might be in desperate need of a get out Mm -hmm. and they're going to use this like financial incentive yeah but it's not to say that every transgender athlete is going to go that high up no but like that you would like everyone who's transgender and who competes in a sport that's true. That's assuming that like a, like a man transitioning to a woman that you could just suddenly beat Serena Williams. No, yeah, you absolutely exactly. couldn't. She's just better than you, regardless yeah. of what gender you are. Mm. Being yeah. a man doesn't put you above her. No. By, like no, even in the same stratosphere. Yeah. Um. So yes, but I I think it's it's the premise of like if you were already very good, you know, on the cusp of being professional, maybe. Yeah. Um. As but then man. I think a tweak in your hormonal balance. I don't. I don't know. It's so the, the, hard the thing because. Is, like I said, the testosterone level threshold for transgender women is still like significantly three to four times above the average women's. So even when you do transition, you have a ridiculously high level. We were talking on off camera again about like a study and it was like men are 20 times more, 20% more able to produce a certain amount of force. Mm -hmm. And it's like, that's an advantage you can't ever scrape away really. No. for certain sports anyway where the reliance is on that and that only mm-hmm. and so a lot of the Olympic committee were like we're not going to do transgender categories yeah. or in- include them they were against it so I don't know whether it's actually going to come off now yeah I, do, I, I don't I don't know I think I think it is, it is becoming highly unlikely at, at this point just mm. based upon the amount of studies that are actually coming out that shows there is a clear cut advantage mm. but I mean it, it, it brings me on to a, a slightly tr- a difficult subject to really broach where there is always a genetic advantage. So whether it's like, you know, mm. I'm not going to complain and say there should be different basketball leagues for people over six foot nine and people under six foot nine until six foot and then below six foot. Because the thing is, you you don't complain about the genetic advantage. You just get on with it. Get on with it. Or mm. sprinters like, like you were talking about, Andy, obviously like um, a lot of um, black athletes having more fast twitch muscle fibers and therefore that's a genetic advantage you have in mm. an event like sprinting. Mm. So it's true, but you would you would never segregate no. those into separate leagues, would you? You no. would never segregate based on race or height or whatever other genetic advantage it may be. So therefore, why would we do it in in this instance as well? Because yeah. there is always going to be an advantage. Like some women naturally have really high testosterone levels. Mm. That's not their that's not their fault. It's I guess just, it's just how they're born. I guess it's because it's done in a natural environment. Mm-hmm. That's the only argument there may be. Yeah. Because then you could start saying, well, how can I enhance what I've got? And then yeah, yeah. wasn't there, there was a sprinter, female sprinter wasn't there, where her natural testosterone levels were too high. Yeah. And she couldn't run. Yeah, exactly. So is it, but, that, that's what I mean. There's always going to be a genetic advantage, disadvantage to some people. Uh, maybe you've got longer limbs. That's an advantage mm. in a ton of sports. Volleyball, for example. Mm. Um I, like you, you would not segregate those despite the fact there is a clear genetic advantage there is nothing I can do there is no I think people want to shift sport entirely into the case of you are only as good as how hard you train 
and the fact of the matter is that is not the case. Some people just naturally have better hand eye. Some people naturally are going to be faster, yeah. Yeah, stronger. Like, yeah. I think also yeah. like sport. What we also forget in this sport is about the other side of the coin, like the viewers' engagement and mm-hmm. entertainment. Yeah, which absolutely. is what a lot of it is. So if people want to see it, then what happens? We have that all goes out the window. There's a want for it. Mm-hmm. So I, I think it's like. But I think if you're if you want to do a sport. And if you're keen on that sport and passionate about playing that sport, then try that sport. Yeah. Whoever whoever you are, whether you've got long limbs or short limbs, whether mm. you're tall, short, transitioning, doesn't matter. You should try that sport. Mm-hmm. I think what we're really looking at is like high, uh, like elite. Olympic, yeah, yeah, elite, yeah exactly. Olympic when level. money's involved in it and yeah. medals. We're, we're scrutinising that exactly but like I said earlier it's, it's you, we've got to absolutely encourage all forms of participation yeah. at lower levels because that's where you discover that you love something yeah, yeah if someone um, came to 100%. me that was transgender that wanted to train I'd train them yeah like I wouldn't say oh you can't do that because that's you know but when you start competing at the elite elite level the question marks might be raised because of the financial gain that you might get from it the sponsorship deals that you might get from it mm-hmm. the other people that are, might have been training maybe longer yeah. and have been squashed down but then again let's just look at Newcastle right they've not done anything in football for the last 20-30 years and all of a sudden this huge consortium has come over with loads and loads of cash they're probably going to buy every single player that they can and all of a sudden they're going to be like number one so what happens to all those other clubs that have been fighting to slowly go up the scale mm-hmm. it's the same problem at the end of the day just in a different format yeah so how do you draw a line under all of that on a fair play scheme? And yeah. I think that's the problem at elite level sport is money, winnings, and who's benefiting from it yeah. rather than transgender or wealthiest club. Absolutely. So last week was an interesting Max's mediation, <laughs> to say the least. I think the, the episode came out uh, yesterday. If you've not listened to it uh, on long distance running and marathons, go check it out. But at the end, uh, it was a little round of a compliment tennis and uh, oh, pet peeve yes. tennis, which obviously we still need to get the results of. So I've got to, I've got to put that poll up and let the people decide. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> this week, uh, I thought we would do a little hypothetical for us. Mm-hmm. So the hypothetical I've chosen is house is on fire. You can only take three things out of the burning building with you. Mm. What three things are you each taking? Then we're going to unpack a little bit on uh, on your decisions. Together we have three no, between each, us, each. or three no, no, each. three things each. Love yeah, okay. exactly. No, I'm taking. But if but if one of you saves one thing, that that, that doesn't mean that like you you still have to pick that as well if you want okay, that to come fine. out as well. Come out of the okay. place. We're not standing outside the house with like all six things. Yeah, exactly. No, <laughs> if three things. Yeah, exactly. Okay. I'm just curious what your different takes are. Yeah. Mm, right. So okay. now, what do you what do you think you'd uh, you'd say from a blaze? My first one, kilo. Kilo. Obviously, it goes without no, saying. Even run on his own. You wouldn't need to. You'd just come no. out. No. <laughs> he would just leave. <laughs> he ain't staying there. He'd be out the house before you guys. Yeah. He would have set it off. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, kilo. Um. My phone charger. Really? In terms, of, in terms of like value, obviously phone your, charger. Your house is burning down. You, you can buy one worth more than like a fiver. You can buy a phone charger. So interesting. Right, it's okay, an interesting also, you've not said your phone, so I'm assuming your third one All has right, to be your phone. I'll just as have well. that in my pocket. Okay, so <laughs> kilo, my phone, 
and phone charger no oh <laughs> scrap that one hopefully it charged throughout the night but your uh, your uh, your mum case no that's always attached that's one <laughs> oh, okay. that's part of there, it right. they come okay. as one okay um and then also my uh Ooh. just my electric toothbrush oh <laughs> <laughs> such niche choices wow okay what? Yeah, yeah, fair enough. All about when that runs out of charge, you need the you need the charger as well. My electric toothbrush is so good; it lasts for about six weeks. I'll be fine until I get a new flat. Okay, (laughs) fair. Mine would be my Spurs pajamas. Nice key key. Number two would be what kind of what kind of Spurs pajamas are these as well? They like like special silky special Spurs ones. Still got the skidders on them. They're like the essentials. They never get washed because they're my lucky ones. We still don't want a trophy wearing them, but I was like, oh, well, they're my lucky ones. How do they, how do they smell that? Nice. I'm Spursy. like, Andy, should, do you want to wash basket? No. No. Game on now. <laughs> so my Spurs pyjamas, yep. loungewear, mm-hmm. aka loungewear. Of course. And then number two would be my passport. That's my opportunity out of here. <laughs> <laughs> see why we're it coming. actually would be. Now the house Cyprus. is burnt down, that's it. We're going to Cyprus. Oh, well. My third thing would be... It's a difficult one, but... My it, passport. No. <laughs> it would probably be... Me olive trees. You, you're carrying saving, those out. Saving yeah. the planet. Olive trees. Yeah, no, They're yes, Andy's pride that. and joy. Saving are you, the are you trying to? Are you trying to? Are you trying to get in my good books there, Andy? Ethics. Yeah, yeah exactly. Looking after the environment and exactly. that. <laughs> so, just as an interesting sort of mediation observation, neither of you said each other. Yeah. Nats, no. No, I was like the dog. Nat said the dog. That's <laughs> <laughs> said the dog, and I was like, oh, she said the dog. Now she'll say Andy. And it's just, it's just so phone so charger. We're both leaving, so we don't need to. Okay. No, but, oh yeah, that's so funny. I love the priorities it goes. Kilo, phone charger, toothbrush, toothbrush charger probably. Oh, yeah. Then Andy, maybe. <laughs> oh yeah, well, I don't know. I never thought Andy would be... You wouldn't be home. Yeah, I'm never Andy's right. never home. Exactly. He's, he's, he's busy, uh, busy. busy getting his ticket at the airport, isn't he? Exactly. He's going to wake up Monday. Oh well. <laughs> Thank you all very, very much for listening to the More Than Muscle podcast and your continuing support. We're still getting great feedback and we absolutely love it. Um, if you listen to this on Apple Podcasts, do us a favour, go bang us a five-star review, say some nice things, whatever. It helps other people find us and just we absolutely love hearing nice things about it. Um, so thank you very, very much and we will see you next week. You can find us on all of our socials, so at More Than Muscle LTD at PT Matt Sylvester. I actually said that wrong last time in the really? other what did in the say? Brief, I said uh, um at Nat Sylvester. Ah. But it's at PT Nat Sylvester. So if you're following the other one, don't worry about her. <laughs> <laughs> Follow at PT Nat Sylvester at PT Andy Pilides at Max Dodd Fitness. Am I wrong? Bye. See you next week.